What's up, everybody? I hope you're doing great, and I hope that you're ready. Like, this is December. This is Christmas time. I hope that you're enjoying, like, your preparation for your house and your decor and your, your tree, and you're getting your presents and all your, your lights on. Uh, you know, I was hanging out with some friends, and, and they were talking about, like, Christmas lights and decorating, and, and one of them said, man, doesn't everybody have lights on their house? And I, I kind of looked at Nicole, and she, we were like, Nope, we don't. So maybe you do, but you know, hopefully, you know, you're enjoying driving by your neighbor's lights. I don't know, but you know, I know we are. But so for me, you know, just I love this time of year. Uh, I love Christmas time. I enjoy everything about it. I, I love just the presents. I love you know Christ's birth. I love being with church and family. I love hot chocolate. Like I've had hot chocolate every day for the last two weeks because it's been frigid here. Uh, I love hot apple cider like on the stove. Like I am all about it. Uh, I even got to go to Wisconsin and it snowed there four inches. So I've had the full like experience for December as a Floridian. That's amazing. And so the thing that's great is, you know, whenever you look at the holiday season, we always or usually associate the holiday season with family don't we? I mean, it's just, we understand it's, it's important time of the year to spend time with family. Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's so important. And so I just am, am kind of curious, you know, as we talk about this uh, time of year and family, you know, we're going to be talking about family matters over the next couple of weeks. But I'm kind of curious, you know, what are your family interactions like? You know, when you're with family, you know, before Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving meal, after, you know, Christmas, as you get ready, you set up your family Christmas party, whatever that's like, is it amazing? You know, do you look forward to it like I do? Are you so excited, you know, to see them, to reconnect? Is it loving, you know, where there's just embracing and, and, and just enjoying each other? Is, there, is it a caring time, you know, where you get to love on each other, encourage them? Is, is there a lot of laughter where you just enjoy your family? You know, it could be your grandparents or, you know, your, your parents or your kids or your grandkids or aunts and uncles, cousins, like all of it, you know, is there a lot of laughter and joy and, and, (laughs) or (laughs) is it like pins and needles where you're going into family time and you're, 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 you are not sure how it's going to work. You, you are just, there's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, There's, there's negative sarcasm and jabs where you're like, were they joking or are they kind of serious? And, and, you know, you're just, uh, maybe both. And so, you, you know, you're kind of waiting to see who gets a little bit salty at, at Thanksgiving meal, and you're just really hoping that everyone will behave. I mean, come on, let's be honest a little bit. You know, sometimes in our family, we're just hoping that we can make it all the way through and hug at the end of the night and walk out the front door, and there hasn't been a major issue. And so with family, there can be wonderful families, right? Wonderful memories and, and things that we hold on to and time together and joy or... Not, not so much, right? I mean, just some of you may still be recovering from Thanksgiving. You know, it's just the reality of what you're dealing with. And, and you're not quite so much looking forward to Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. And, and so because families can drive us bananas. You know, you just don't know what Uncle Tom's going to say, right? And even behind Uncle Tom's back, like you, you call him weird Uncle Tom. Like you call him, you know, it's, you, you, and, and you say because you just... He just tells the same story every year, doesn't he? And, and, and he, he starts out and he goes, did I ever tell you the story about, no, no, Uncle Tom, you haven't. So go for it, because like, I can't wait to hear, how, you know, if there's anything changes. And, and so 
as I go throughout this message, as, as we walk through this series, you know, you may have some different reactions and responses, you know, talking about family time, but the reality is we, we might just be spending more time with our family over the upcoming weeks. And so I just, I feel like we need to be ready and understand what's going on. And, and it may be extended time, right? You may have family coming in town and they're staying at your house or you're going to stay with them or whatever that looks like, but our families matter, they absolutely do matter. So our time with our family, we need to recognize as valuable. And so often we, we take it for granted because we're not always going to have our family with us, right? And, and I'm not just talking about age and passing. You know, for us and our family, we, we have a, a senior in high school. You know, we were talking about just, it might be nine months when he moves out and goes away. And like Nicole's eyes started to tear up and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, it just kind of hits you like a ton of bricks. So families matter. And, you know, and, and we all are kids of parents, right? And, and we maybe have good parents or maybe not so great parents, but the family that we grew up with absolutely affects our Christmas time, doesn't it? The, our perspective, our time with them, like how we, how we perceive things and how we understand. And so uh, our, our current relationship status also affects how we are looking at Christmas this year, doesn't it? I mean, you may be married and have kids and you're like, oh, wow, this is great. But you may be a single person. And, and you know, we talk about relationships and family and you're going, I, I might not be with family. I might be all alone Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Or you're divorced and this is the, the first Christmas that you've been divorced and you're, you're wondering what it's going to be like. You know, swapping kids back and forth. What, what's that going to be like? You know, how are you going to be able to handle that? I mean, so you maybe have kids. You maybe don't have kids. Maybe your kids aren't at home anymore. Maybe they've moved away. And you're not sure what that's going to look like, but all of our relationships take work, don't they? Families take work, relationships, all relationships. So if we're talking about work, right, and relationships, <laughs> what kind of shoes do you wear for your work? You know, if you work, what type of shoes do you wear normally? Maybe you, you work more of a corporate job, so you have to wear dress shoes, right? You put on dress shoes, and you have to wear dress socks, or you wear heels. Like, you got to make sure you're wearing heels and looking nice, or, or maybe you're able to, to dress a little bit more casual when you go to work, things that are more comfortable, like sneakers or boots or, you know, or Crocs. Maybe you work in the medical field, and you wear those medical Crocs. Like, that's your work shoe, uh, you know, or, or maybe, you, maybe you get to wear cowboy boots. Like, what's up, cowboy boots? Like, come on. Like, that's awesome. Or, or maybe you do wear work boots. And so I just, one of the things that I've noticed, um, partly because my wife is into fashion, is the shoes matter. Like the shoes really determine if we're just up or we're casual. And so when we talk about relationships, our relationships take work. And so I want to share with you this morning that the first point is sometimes we just need to get on our boots. When, it, when we're talking about relationship. And so in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, it says, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and one who correctly explains the word of truth. So sometimes we've got to get on our boots because I've heard people say, you know, regarding family, they say, well, we don't get to pick our family. And that's so true. <laughs> And they didn't get to pick you either, right? I mean, come on, let's be honest. And, and so we're in talking about picking and, and, and relationships and boots and work boots. One of the things that I want to touch on, though, is, is we do get to pick our spouse, don't we? 
I mean, we don't get to pick our family, but we get to pick our spouse. And one of the things that I, I, I say to my, my sons as they get older and, you know, start noticing girls and dating and stuff, I tell them very clearly, I'm like, you get to pick, you know, so pick well, right? Pick well who you're selecting. And, and right now, maybe the family relationship that you need the most work in, that you've got to put your boots on for, is your marriage, and so I would say next to Jesus, our spouse is the most important person on the entire planet. And so are you serving them? Are you loving on them? Are you caring for them? And so in, in, in our family, you know, just understanding family dynamics and what it looks like, the, the analogy I want to give you is kind of like is, is working in the yard. You know, we, I put on my, my yard working shoes and I go out and I work in the yard. And so there's times in our yard where I haven't had spent much time in the yard. So there's dead branches. There's a lot of leaves piling up. There's weeds that are growing in the mulch, like things that, you know, you look at the yard and you're going, it looks a little bit unkept. Right? And, and so I have to spend time and effort in the yard to work at it, to make it look the way that it needs to. And our marriage is absolutely the same way. I mean, there's times when you look at your marriage and you go, mm, it's a little unkept. Things don't look so great. A little bit salty. The relationship isn't you know, so, so clean and clear and smooth. You know, in talking about yard work, uh, one of the quotes that I've used before, but it just is so true. If, if the yard next door over the fence, if that grass looks a little bit greener, then maybe it's time to start watering our own lawn. And so we've got to get that, right? We've got to understand that. And anytime I share that with people, usually what I get back is, well, what if I do and they don't? What if, what if I recognize that in my marriage things aren't so great and I've got to do, take some time and focus and, and I focus on them, but it's not reciprocated? What do I do then? Maybe they forgot that they need to put on their work boots too while we go in the yard and work on our marriage together. So the reality is when you look at Scripture, love is meant to be unconditional. And sometimes we just... We know that we get to pick our spouse. Oh, I know I get to pick them, but man, right now I feel I'm stuck with them. And things aren't so great. And maybe they just, they feel the same thing. They're feeling that pressure. They're feeling that tension. And they're waiting for a breakthrough. They're waiting for a step forward. They're waiting for an opportunity, you know, to go and work in the yard together. Because it takes time, right? It takes time. It takes effort. It takes focus, to help our spouse, to love on them, to encourage them, to serve in our family. It takes some work. And so I just want to encourage, you know, regarding putting on our boots and working on our marriage, sometimes we've got to just purposefully say something positive. If you feel like oftentimes there's, there's constant criticism and negative things that are coming and it's between you, you just have to say something positive and just keep saying it. How about using compliments instead of criticism? I mean, we're criticized so often in our lives and we feel that pressure from the outside. What if inside of our home and inside of our marriage, it's constant compliments? Like get some flowers, get a card, tell him he's a stud. Like he'll probably like that. Kiss on his neck. He might like that too. And so, I mean, I'm talking about what if we recognize that Jesus is number one, our spouse is number two, and we gave our spouse the maximum effort over anything and everything else in our life. They mean the most to us. We got to pick them. What if we showed them that? I know in 
uh, in years past, I guess it's been quite a while, this book came out called The Five Love Languages. You know, do you know what motivates your spouse? Like uh, sometimes it's time, like spending quality time with them. They just enjoy your company and time together. Maybe it's touch, like they enjoy physical touch and so they want to hold hands. That, you know, they, they want to kiss in public. They, you know, what, what does that look like? Maybe it's acts of service where you just, you do things to serve them and encourage them. I know for my wife, she likes it when I do things that take, uh, that take pressure off of her. Like th- all the things that she has to do and that she's responsible for, she likes it when I just take initiative and I do them, and so it takes pressure off of her. Maybe your spouse enjoys impre- appreciation, you know, verbal appreciation, fi- uh, written appreciation, or maybe they like gifts, you know, and, and, they, and they need a gift. They like gifts. That's how they feel love from you. So what is it? You know, how, how is it that your spouse feels that love and affection from you? And, and I just would encourage you to pick one, you know, and do it and go after it. And one of the things I wanted to share uh, a little bit as an announcement is for the very first time in Grace Church, we are going to do our very first marriage conference in 2020. Uh, I am super, super excited about this. This is something we've been praying about for a while and I've wanted to do. And we just, we just have kind of waited and waited and waited. But I mean, I feel like part of mine and Nicole's calling as lead pastors in our community is, is in marriage. You know, it's one of the areas where her and I have had a, had a lot of work, seen a lot of growth, are still growing and working through things. But if we feel like it's one of the areas that we can minister the greatest. And so we want to do that for you and in our community. So Friday and Saturday, February 7th and 8th, <laughs> right before Valentine's Day on purpose, uh, that weekend, we are doing our first marriage conference. And I'm excited about that. So be looking for details uh, about that. And it's not just for our church, but it absolutely is for our community. Um, But in order to have a great marriage, you have to put in some work, don't you? You got to strap up your boots. And, And so we get to pick our spouse, but we don't get to pick our family. And so if we don't pick our family, who picks our family for us? God does. That's what's really interesting when you talk about family matters, right? As, in, as important as our spouse is, and they're number two, I mean, when you talk about the rest of our family, God is the one that has given you the gift of your entire family. I would say that God has entrusted incredible gifts to us in our family. And so, much, so how much more should we love our family than all the other things, you know what I'm talking about? All the other things that we like to do. It's like some of us, we love our motorcycles a lot. We, we love our motor. We would rather spend time with our motorcycle than our family. And what, about, what about maybe it's fishing or some of your hobbies or maybe it's shopping where you just would rather go shopping and, and you know, shopping is more important to you than, than family time. Maybe it's work. You just work so hard and, and you've become a little bit of a workaholic and family gets pushed aside. Pushed aside. Maybe it's working out, you know, just exercise, and it's something that you focus on, or reading. Like, there, what is it, you know, in your life that often takes the priority over family? And so we need to be working on building those relationships in our life, and, and that we need to experience that incredible steps forward that, that God has for us. And so maybe family is the one thing that you need to be investing in the most during this holiday season. You know, and, and, and specifically, I, I do want to talk about uh, investing in our kids, uh, because the, for those of us that are parents, you know, parenting, <laughs> parenting can be amazingly rewarding, 
but it can also be one of the most frustrating things on the entire planet. And if you have kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, think about the different phases that kids go through. I mean, when you have a, a, a child that's born, they're an infant, they take so much work, so much effort, and, and they don't sleep very much, and they wake up in the middle of the night, and they need food, and they poop all the time, and like, there's just a lot of, they, like, they need you. They don't make it. They would not survive without you. So you have 100% care over them and watching over them. And, and so t- infants are incredible. And then toddlers, toddlers probably need 100% too because they get into everything. They want to climb on things and stick their finger in the electric socket and, and, like, and pull the blender out of the cabinets. Like they want to do all that. You know? and, and, and it's just crazy. Like you have to constant care. And then there's this amazing phase called teenagers. <laughs> I, I, I've heard people say that parenting teenagers is more, is more difficult than parenting infants and toddlers, maybe combined. Um, and they're all so different, right? Those phases are all so different. Our kids, if you have more than one, you rec- they're so different. They're so unique. There's a, a psalm uh, that King Solomon actually wrote. He didn't write many of the Psalms, but he, uh, he wrote this one, and, and it talks about kids. And this, is one, and this brings up my second point, and it's the fact that not only do we need to get on our boots, but we also need to sharpen our arrows. Uh, and so I want to share this with you in Psalms uh, 127, starting in verse 5. It says, Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects the city, guarding it with centuries will do no good. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to to his loved ones. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not put to shame He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. And so sharpening our arrows. And so we're all aware that kids need to be molded and shaped and loved on and poured into and and encouraged and disciplined. Yes, disciplined, right? In this politically correct day and age, uh, when you talk about discipline and what it looks like and parenting kids of infants and toddlers and elementary age students and teenagers and and, and like, what does discipline look like? Because here's the deal. When your cute little four-year-old princess stands there and crosses her arms and stomps her foot and looks at you and says, no, And she will whine and whine and whine until she gets what she wants. You are not helping her when you cave. Because it's scary when the rest of us watch on and we're scared because she's going to turn 14 one day. And so discipline is a big deal in parenting. And here's what's interesting. Good parents are not born Good parents are made. Now, I would definitely say that some people are naturally better at parenting than others, right? No question about it. But this is not a genetic thing. Like there is no parenting gene that God puts inside of us, right? You can learn to be a good parent. You absolutely can. Even a bad parent can become a good parent. 
You can get better at, at, being, at, at being a parent because it's never too late. And I realize that, that, that this, for many of us, may give us mixed emotions, Okay, we have mixed emotions and uh, like maybe, you know, your kids are older and they're gone or, or they're struggling right now. And so you think you could have done better. You look at areas where you, you could have, you know, worked a little harder or focused a little bit more. You missed some things. And, and so I'm not saying all this to bring guilt or condemnation on you because there is no condemnation for those who are of us who are in Christ. And you can't change the past. We're fully aware of that. But I absolutely am aware, and I hope that you are too, that God is the one that gives us a future and a hope. So maybe if where you're at now, you look and you're like, mm, it's not so great. Maybe it can change and you can grow and you can take steps forward. And maybe you recognize that if you have kids, that there's maybe some adjustments that need to be made. And I know I'm not like the best at parenting, but man, I work hard at being a great dad. And I know many of you do as well. But everything in our life has to be measured to God's standards. We can't be looking at other people or society to, to give us the standard that we need to follow. It is only by biblical standards and principles that we should be leading our life. And so Jesus said in John 15, 5, he said, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And so in regarding relationships and parenting and family, I mean, we need to be dialed in with Jesus. Like we need him. Christ, would you give me insight? Holy Spirit, would you show me what's going on? Because I need help. Because without him, man, we, we would face struggles. And in this scripture, it says that we can do nothing and accomplish nothing. And so if you're not building relationships and family and kids and life and your home life on Christ's standard, on biblical standards, then there's going to be some struggles. There's going to be even more struggles. And, and this also includes work relationships. I mean, no doubt about that, right? During this time of year, work relationships, I mean, we're talking about if, if you're a leader in your company and you have staff, I mean, we, we, we need insight. We need the Lord to be speaking to us on how to deal with staff, how, who to hire, who to not hire. You know, the situations and scenarios, our employees and, 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 and how we're handling, you know, HR and, and different. If you have, if you're a coworker, if you have colleagues that work side by side, those work relationships are extremely important in how we handle them. We, we need Christ's insight into our lives in every area. Because so many times, like I talk with people about relationships, and yeah, we understand parenting and kids and marriage, but man, sometimes I see work relationships uh, cause a lot of issues and problems in people's lives. I, I, like when you go out of town with other people on your team or your project and with other coworkers, and when everybody's out of town, it just seems like they all want to lead a different lifestyle than they do at home. And it's in, they're enticing you. They're inviting you. They're saying, hey, come on, come with us. You know, we're out of town. Let's go. Like, come on, we've worked hard all day. Let's let off some steam and some pressure. And, and so here's what I want to share with you. We absolutely can lead a Christ-centered life in all of our relationships. We need this. We need to be building family. We need to be building friends' relationships. And this is extremely important that we've got to experience in our life. And so I, we need to be building more than we're tearing down. And I see just time and time again, there's constant pulling and tearing down and, and picking apart more than there's building. And so we need to be building. And so how is it that you build? 
How are you building up your spouse, your kids, your grandkids, your colleagues? How are you building them up? What are you doing to boost them forward? Who are you building right now? Are there people in your life that you're pouring into, that you're specifically focused on them and you're, you're carving out time purposefully to be with them? Because Jesus was very clear uh, how we need to be building and, and what we need to be building and the materials that we should be building with. And this is a great example that we need to build on a strong foundation. And this is in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. It says, anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the wind beats against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. The thing that's interesting about this verse to me is uh, this isn't about the house. This, it's not. The problem is not the house, it's the foundation on which the house is built on. Because this is probably a nice house. Uh, and, and when I read this scripture, it's talking about a house built on sand. So for you and I that are here in Florida, I don't know what you think, but that's beachfront for me. That's oceanfront property. This house is probably pretty nice, right? I mean, come on, like, that's exactly what it is. But the foundation on which the house is built allows us to weather the storm or not hugely important in our relationships. And so for some, unfortunately, this, this time of year, you know, this, uh, this last year as you look now and you have memories and things, and, or it's specifically this time of year, can be a source of great pain, can be a source of where you're just, there's just a lot of hurt, a lot of memories that you're carrying. Maybe you have a loved one that passed during the holiday season last year or recently or in years past. So every single time, you know, people start talking about stockings and candy canes. They're like, there's just this weight because you lost somebody during Christmas time and they're not here. And there's that emptiness that you feel and that's, that's difficult for us to process with. And then if you are you know, either divorced or a single person or even married. I mean, just sometimes we can have this loneliness that sets in during the holiday season and it's hard for us to process, right? Because, we, you know, we're, we look at the relationships that we don't have oftentimes when that loneliness is there and that's all we can see and we're not so excited about being alone. So sometimes, you know, whether it's relationships or just our life or sometimes this sadness the loneliness or even depression comes in during the holiday season. And it just seems like it gets worse, doesn't it? It's so true because this time of year is supposed to be happy and wonderful and amazing and full of joy and laughter. And we don't feel that. We're not experiencing that so that the past hurts and the emotional turmoil just settle in heavy in our hearts and we feel depressed and down and and so the thing that I would encourage you with is, I know it's hard. Like, I know it's very difficult. Uh, but oftentimes, when we focus on our problems, they often seem bigger than what they really are. And so sometimes we've got to take a step back and really focus on our source and the solution 
And so I would say that that's Christ. So instead of looking at those that aren't around, maybe we take our eyes and we look at Christ and who he is, that he came for us. He came and we became family with him. And so that's amazing. And so, and at the very least, please understand that we are the type of church that we are here for you. If this is a tough time of year, or you're struggling with depression, like we want to come alongside you and encourage you and help you in any way. We absolutely have resources that, that can help in those areas. Because so often when we feel lonely or alone or depressed, we want to isolate ourselves. I mean, we do. We just, we, 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 it's like we want to pull away even more. And here's the deal. That's the exact opposite of what we should do. And I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. But we can't do that. We can't retract even more. We've got to be around others and, and involve them in our life and be willing to, to put ourselves out there and develop those relationships because we, out, we need to believe that God is going to intervene in our life. And that's what I'm believing for you. And so in our family matters, in your marriage, with your kids, at work, I'm believing that God will show up in a powerful way. So where is it in your life do you need just that growth in relationships? Because I'm believing that God and the dad that he is, that he kind of reaches down and grabs a hold of us and wraps his arms around us, not, not in hostility, but in love and embrace. Just the other day, I went in my son's room, uh, my youngest son's room. He's 10, fourth grade. It was time for him to get up to go to school. And I, I went in a little bit early and I just crawled in bed with him, laid down in bed and I wrapped my arms around him and I just laid there with him for a few minutes till the alarm went off for him. And he's like, what are you doing? I said, I just want to be here with you. I love you so much. I hope they have a great day. And I just began to speak things over him about who he is as a boy what his day was going to be like and what I thought about him, what God says of him. And I just, I know for some of you, you need that. You need God to just come and wrap his arms around you. And I, I am believing that God will bring restoration in the relationships that are hurting. And I'm believing that God will just bring his incredible power and in, through his Holy Spirit to build us up in the areas that we need it. And so if you will agree in prayer with me. Let's go before the Lord and let's just be honest with where we're at in our situation in our life before him. And so let's just pray together. Lord God, we come before you and God, we know how much we need you. God, we, we often don't even need to hear a message like this to remind us of our situation. But God, thank you so much that you do things like this where you bring it to the forefront. And so Lord, right now in our relationships, where is it that we can grow? Where is it that we're struggling? Who do we need to be pouring into? Lord, how is it that we can take steps forward? And Father, right now, I pray for your miraculous healing arms to reach down on the ones that are sad and depressed and down, the ones that are facing pink slips and demotions and firing and Lord, in work, the ones that are facing the boss that, that they can't imagine things getting better with their boss. They can't imagine things getting better in their work environment. But Lord, would you show up in that workplace? Lord, in the marriages that are struggling, 
Lord, would you speak? Would you communicate? Would you shower down your unconditional love, removing expectations, but just bringing this unconditional nature in who you are? Lord, for our kids, I ask that you would pour on them. Lord, thank you for the analogy and the imagery of of arrows and what that's like. And so, Father, they are so precious and so wonderful. And so, Lord, would you empower us? Would you enable us with our grandkids and our kids and those that you've put in our life that are kids that we get to mentor or coach or teach? Lord, they are are like soft clay. I pray that you would just use us through our hands and our voice and our, our intentions, Lord, to pour in on them. God, we love you so, so very much. And we want to honor you in our lives and in our families and in our relationships in every single area.